You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to today's episode of KCS, an update presented by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Stick around if you want to hear more about them. But today, we are kicking off game week, and I'm kicking it off with Charles Goldman of A to Z Sports. Charles, how you doing, my man? Very excited to be with you on a podcast today, talking about an actual football game that will actually count. I, I'm I'm elated. It's uh, It's football season, and we got... We had a whole slate of college football this past weekend, which was amazing. It was just so refreshing. And now, you know, kicking off the NFL season with the, the Thursday night opener, Arrowhead Stadium is going to be electric. It's going to be banner night. Mm-hmm. We got the Lions coming to town. They're hungry after missing out on the playoffs just barely last season. And I'm, I'm just, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a really great atmosphere if you're not out there at, at Arrowhead. We'll be having a post-game show, as you guys know, if you follow KCSN closely enough. We have a post-game show going live after every game. Talking about what's going on, we'll be live here from your studio that I'm in here at the KCSN Worldwide Headquarters and the uh, Kingdom Bar and Grill just across the street. So, very excited for everything going on here at, at KC Sports Network. I'm very excited for everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs coming into this new season as they look to... Uh, now, Charles, it's interesting. They haven't really gone, they haven't really fed the horse of run it back. You haven't heard that a whole lot this year as they do try to defend their Super Bowl title and get back to the Super Bowl. Going to be interesting to see how they do week one because as they know, Charles, I don't know if we can go a podcast without addressing the elephant in the room about Chris Jones, but it really seeming like over the weekend and he's not going to be playing in week one. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like he's going to be playing. I will say, you know, the run run it back thing, like these guys, they're learning. They're learning from from their past... uh, attempt at you know a, a repeat super bowl title yeah. i think uh i think putting run it back uh you know in the back pocket there not uh not not referring to uh their chances at a repeat with that is probably a good idea um but no i mean it, look chris jones uh you know first practice of the week was technically sunday right they have the day off on monday for the for the holiday here and um you know chris jones wasn't there at that first practice now you know we all know Andy Reid, right? He uh, typically, you know, uh, typically speaking, you need to get at least like one limited practice in it during the week for him to be okay with you playing on game day. Right. Now, Chris Jones is probably a player they'd make an exception for, but knowing that he's missed the entirety of training camp, the entirety of the preseason, knowing that there's going to be some like element of an acclimation period should he show up, even if he shows up at this point, I think that his status for that game is very much so. Absolutely. And I know that people are tired of the whole saga from the social media aspect of it uh, to the back and forth of the positioning, the political nature of the the contract negotiations. I know I'm tired of it, Charles. I think people you can kind of see just around are getting tired of it. Uh, so today, podcast, I mean, it's hard not to talk about Chris Jones, right? It's hard not to mention that situation going on because it is such a big story. But instead of talking and focusing on Chris Jones, I want to focus on the guys that are there. Like, I want to focus on who has to step up on the defensive side of the ball for this Chiefs team. As Chris Jones leaves, and you just a ginormous gap in that defense. And obviously, when you talk about him, 
and in his presence in the middle of that defensive line, it goes more than just with the defensive line and his positioning. It affects, you know, the secondary. The secondary covers longer that it can help Chris Jones. If Chris Jones gets to the quarterback quicker, it helps the secondary. So it's all kind of a symbiotic relationship. Uh, kind of, I guess, Charles, to kick off this conversation, who are you looking at and kind of circling on that defensive line group to say, okay, they need to kind of step up because they don't have Chris Jones. They don't have Charles Amenehue for the first six weeks. It's going to be a really interesting period, I think, in these first six weeks of the season to see how the defensive line uh, kind of grows and kind of how sees how they get home. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just purely from a, a pass rushing perspective, there's really only two people that I think you can look at and say, hey, like, we need you guys to step up and, and help pick up the slack here. And that's going to be George Karloftis, uh, Karloftis and, and Felix Enidugi Izama. Yeah. Um, I think that those two players, obviously both first round draft picks, you know, late first rounders, but still first round draft picks. And there's a level of expectation that comes with being a first round draft pick. I think George finished, you know, last season really strong um, and, and, you know, can really build on that and start off hot. And I think that Felix, you know, he's going to be a, more of a rotational piece early on, kind of like George was to start off his rookie season, right? right. Well, I think he flashed enough uh, during the preseason that the coaches will have confidence to put him in there and, and let him pin his ears back and get after the quarterback. And I think, you know, those two guys are going to be who you're looking at mainly to to kind of pick up the, the pace from that uh, pass rushing perspective. Obviously, uh, Mike Dana is another guy. He's been yep. there a long time. He's in a contract year. We know what what our friend Therese Paler like to like to say. The contract year is undefeated. Okay, mm-hmm. like he he's going to be working for that contract. So, um, you know, making a big impact uh, in key situations. I'm looking for Dana to potentially be that guy. And then, you know, from the from the other half of it, right? Because Chris Jones isn't just a, a pass rusher as much as he contributes in that area but um he's also you know a guy who commands double teams who's going to really help out in the run game so you know I'm, I'm thinking about the different ways that steve spagnolo and uh joe cullen can really adjust to um you know ensure that the the run game is is also a focus too right you know they've andy reed said i think it was uh it was last week he said something along the lines of that we're going to have to play to the strengths of the guys that we have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got some of these bigger bodies on the defensive line, some of these big run-stopping D tackles. So you know, I'm thinking you get you know some of those big bodies on the on the D line early, you know, right? So you know, maybe we're not seeing so many four uh, four man fronts. Maybe we're seeing some three man fronts with some of these bigger bodies, a couple of linebackers up near near the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and stopping that run, focusing on that, stop, stopping the run early um, so that, you know, you can really uh, pin your ear, ears back, send blitzes. We know Spags is creative with that, and he's got a lot of guys now who can do it, right? Mm-hmm. Drew Tranquil, really good at the linebacker spot. Chamari Connor was blitzing like crazy from, from the nickel uh, and coming up as a safety in the box as well during the preseason. So I think we're going to see like a lot of that to kind of mix it up, Um and ensure that, you know, the, the Chiefs are going to, you know, they're going to be okay without Chris. Uh, they're going to find a way. Uh, they don't really have much of a choice, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think that they're going to do a lot of different things to uh, to kind of, you know, um, 
really make sure that that they're helping out the secondary one, right? Because you know they're gonna like you said they're gonna have to cover uh, for maybe you know a tick longer than than they might do if Chris were on the field. Mm-hmm. So um, you know different coverages that they can call there. Um, but also the different things they can do with with that defensive line, um, you know, yeah, run blitzes, pass blitzes, stunts, what have you. The what I started thinking about, you know, what the Chiefs' defense can do uh, without Chris Jones, I do start to think about Spagnuolo is probably going to be in his bag when it comes to the play calling, and we usually don't see the Spagnuolo defense get too out there in terms of like blitzes and different things that they do this early on in the season. Uh, but the secondary has had a year in the system, right? These young guys have had a year longer in the system. I think that kind of lends to more opportunities for Spagnuolo to trust those guys in the back end, know what's going on when they're doing a bunch of crazy stuff up front. Because it can kind of get confusing a little bit. But having those guys have that have that year of, uh, of experience now in the system, I think will allow Spag to dial it up a little bit more. You mentioned the personnel, and I think that's a really good point. When you look at all the defensive tackles that are on the roster right now, they're all pretty big guys. We talk about Derek Naughty, Tershawn Warden, uh, Neil Farrell, and Keandre Coburn. Like all of those guys, like I'm sure, yeah, they can play three tech, but like traditionally, one tech run stopping guys. Um, when you look at when you look at just kind of their uh, roles, I mean, take take Tershawn Warden out of it because I think Tershawn Warden is like a situational pass rushing guy that can come from that three tech, and he can stop the run too. Like we've seen Tershawn Warden do that as well. He's very stout in the middle. It might be almost a, and I'm glad you brought this up, Charles, a little bit of a philosophy change in terms of, like, without Chris Jones, how they're going to uh, defensively approach a game like like against the Lions, who do run the ball, who had some success last year running the ball. They've got different running backs this year now, too. they got uh, offensive line. I don't think it's totally the same, if I can remember off the top of my head. But I, I think that there's some some really interesting aspects of that defensive line uh, philosophy-wise that we could see change a little bit, especially with, with the addition of Drew Tranquil, adding in him in there and adding another uh, dynamic linebacker with Willie Gay, with Nick Bolden, and really like Leo Chanel as well. So I think maybe that they can kind of tweak things a little bit. We see them running a lot of three-down lineman sets. Maybe they can tweak things a little bit to kind of work in their favor uh, in terms of uh, the defensive ways and, and putting the guys that they have all they have all with the team already right now on the field that can best help that I'm sure they're going to be uh, being, I'm sure they're going to be able to do that because uh, Andy Reid is probably the best coach in the NFL right now. But Charles, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I want to continue this conversation. I still want to stick with the defensive side of the ball because I think there's a lot of storylines on the defensive side of the ball. We'll be right back coming up after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hanging out with Charles Goldman here on today's KCSN update presented by our friends at DraftKings. Charles, as before I do the break... Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the defensive side of the ball because there's not only is the Chris Jones uh, absence one that that we everyone's been keeping their eye on, but I think the Legereus Sneed one in terms of injuries is one that I've been kind of uh, alarmed to because we haven't really seen him practice at all. Um, he didn't practice in training. I think July 29th was the last day that he had practiced at training camp. Uh, what are your thoughts, your feelings, your concerns about Legereus Sneed kind of going into this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I trust the Chiefs trainers and the coaching staff. They think he's ready to go. I, I think he's probably ready to go. I mean, it, this seems like something that he'd been managing with this knee um, even last season. Mm-hmm. So I think they have a pretty good grasp on what, you know, what the issue is and how to best handle it. Um, you know, he needed that clearly need that time off to get, you know, whatever swelling and issues he was having under control. But I mean, you know, Sneed, yeah, I think he's a game changer, right? Like if, if he's out there, I mean, it's probably the second best player on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe there's an argument to be made that, that, you know, maybe that's Nick Bolton or I, I, I'm not certain, but you know, next to Chris Jones, I, I personally think that Sneed's that guy. And, um, you know, we saw his game kind of go to a whole nother level next year being that, this is a guy that Spags now trusts to shadow a number one wide receiver and lock him down. And, you know, having that type of player available to you on week one when you're going to be down a very good pass rusher, that that's huge. That's huge. And the fact that, you know, he can play inside and out, right? Has that versatility. I, I think, um, yeah, that that could be majorly beneficial to, to Kansas City when it comes to slowing down. Lions offense, which was pretty dang good at the end of the season last year, too. Yeah, they were kind of running on all cylinders when it came to run the ball, pass the ball. Everything was kind of working in their favor uh, for the Lions. And this isn't a, I know a lot of people when this, when this matchup came out, I think Charles, we even had a conversation of like Lions. And then the more you think about it, for the opening game, like the Lions up and coming team, a, a team that's a lot of people are, are liking out of their, uh, their division. 
uh, it should be an interesting matchup. I'm, I'm really excited to, as we dive into it more as the week goes on, as we get more news and information coming out from from both sides, uh, how this all uh, looks out. But the luxurious seed injury is is a very interesting one, especially when you talk about the the history of Brett Veach and his ability to find undrafted or seventh round or late round quarters. Could Legereus Sneed turn into another Charvarius Ward where he plays really well and they say, all right, go get your money. We're, we're not going to give you the money, but go get it. Like, congrats. Like, we're happy for you. Good job. It could it turn into that where you now see all of these young guys underneath Legereus Sneed. Yeah, this Chiefs defense is better with Legereus Sneed, but with Brett Beach's pedigree and his ability to find these undrafted, you know, just these guys that nobody else seems to find. Brett Beach can can find them at, at seeming like a dime a dozen. Uh, do you think that that we're kind of working our way towards that situation? Because again, that's a contract here for Legereus Sneed as well. So it, it's going to be a very interesting situation, kind of how this all ebbs and flows uh, in, in this season, because the Chiefs do have a lot of young guys in that DB room, bringing in Darius Rush as well, which, by the way, weird situation. He was drafted by the Colts <laughs> and then cut this, this offseason season. He didn't even go. Did he go? He went a full camp with Indianapolis, then was cut. And I don't know. It, he's a guy that makes sense for for uh, for Brett Veach in terms of the corners he likes to find and he likes to do. But I, I don't know, uh, Charles. What are your thoughts on kind of the philosophy? Again, we're talking philosophy with with Brett Veach in kind of that cornerback room with Legarius Sneed and, and this this injury, which I, I think you bring up a good point. I don't think is as serious as as much as he sat out. It was inflammation. Like you have to rest for inflammation to go down, and that's the hardest part about it. Um, so he probably got the inflammation at the right time, so he could rest at that time. Uh, but what do you think about his situation? Go mixed with you know Brett Beach's philosophy in terms of that cornerback room. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going to work my way backwards here. I'm going to start yeah. actually with Darius Rush and uh, the claiming. I I think that that was just a phenomenal move uh, by by Brett Beach and his staff to go after a player who's like still really new to the cornerback position. He only really started playing it in college. He was recruited as a wide receiver at South Carolina. Um, so he's still kind of learning there, but he is a phenomenal special teams player. This is a Dave Tobe move uh, without a doubt. Like this is a guy that, I, I mean, I think I said on Twitter this week that um, on X this week, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I said that I wouldn't be surprised if he is in the, uh, you know, if he's active on on Thursday and is starting gunners, like he is, he's that good and that type of a game changing player on special teams. And you know, as far as a, a developmental quarterback is concerned, I mean, you you this guy who's tools, he's got all the tools, all the things that you want. He just needs to you know work on his technique and get some things down. Which you know, joining a great a great situation there. And all these young players who are going through the same thing and have gone through the same thing. So I think the coaching staff will really be able to help him out and help him elevate his game. And now look, you, you acquire him on his rookie deal, which a lot of, a lot of which now the Colts are paying for, right? So you're even yeah. at a discounted rookie rate for the next four years, uh, just a brilliant, brilliant move by, by beach uh, in the front office in my humble opinion there. But uh, I, I think, you know, that the use of the cornerback room, that is really going to determine what happens with uh, Legereus Sneed. If you see players like Trent McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, 
you see all these guys taking a step up. You see Nick Jones start to flash a little bit, seventh round rookie from from this past year. That makes it a lot easier for you to say, "Hey, we love you, Legarius, but you know we're we're not going to be in the ballpark of what you deserve in terms of a contract." And you know, I think you're already seeing the Chiefs maybe preparing for that and what mm. they did with with Chamari Connor this offseason, how they're playing him at safety, they're playing him at nickel, they're kind of you know, preparing him for this kind of almost like a, a Tyron Matthew-esque role. Yeah. Um, you know, because he can be a guy who can fill in and play in the slot the way that Snead does and, and be that blitzer uh, from that area he sells at and has throughout his career. So I, I think that you're you're kind of seeing, you know, a little bit of, of the Chiefs preparing for that. But at the same time, you know, you got to see the, the full picture and what happens with, some of these other young corners this year uh, to feel 100% comfortable about letting a player of that caliber walk in free agency. Um, however, it'd certainly be a, a boon to, uh, you know, the, comp- the compensatory pick formula, right? Mm-hmm. Some player like that, um, you know, end up going to another team. That that could definitely uh, help out, you know, recoup some of these, uh, some of these picks that, you know, maybe it's a late rounder, maybe it's, you know, as much as a third rounder, but um, that that would be a nice bonus for Kansas City um, if, if they were to uh, lose a player like that in free agency. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm, I've always been a very big fan of Legereus Sneed. I love the way he plays the game. So I guess, Charles, what I want to ask you before, and also we've gone 20 minutes into this podcast and haven't mentioned Patrick Mahomes yet, which has to be <laughs> a record, I think. Uh, before we go to the offensive side of the ball, I want to ask you um, – your concern level with the defense, if they are without, well, it's seeming like they're out with, without Chris Jones. But if Legarius Seed doesn't play as well, what is your concern level with the with the defense on Thursday? Yeah, I think that is going to push this more into like the the shootout range than it would uh, if just Chris Jones were absent. But if Chris and Legarius don't play, that I mean that that's going to hurt. Uh, you know, everyone on the defensive side of the ball will have to really earn their paychecks from the coaching staff all the way down. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, in, in a scenario like that, you got you'd have to lean on the rest of the leaders on the defense, guys like Nick Bolton, guys like Justin Reed, you know, um, I I've been saying for a while now, we really haven't got like a signature Justin Reed game. Um, and it'd be really nice if, you know, week one was that game. I know that he's worked really hard this off season, but I mean, it, if he could show up and, you know, um, you know, get a game-changing play. You know, pick six yeah. or or even just a, an interception at a key moment. Um, I I think that would be just such a great way to start the season for him and for that defense. Um, and, and really, I mean, without Chris Jones there, they are going to be leaning on those guys for for leadership and for direction. You know, when when things are going right, but specifically when things are going wrong, right? I mean, you know, when when the defense, the preseason, when they started off right with with a game that wasn't their best, that wasn't what they were happy about, wasn't what they um, what they like, they took it personally, and they came back then next week and they adjusted and they played really well. So uh, I, I think it's going to take some of that, some of that mentality from the guys to to pick it up when when players like Chris and potentially players like Snead, if they're if they're out. Yeah, I think so too. And you mentioned that safety room, which I 
I feel like this is might be the most complete safety room or the or the safety room that going into the season I feel the best about uh, since the Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, I don't know what your vibes or your your feelings are about the safety room, but I feel that like with all with with Justin Reed and, and Brian Cook, Mike Edwards has been playing really well in the preseason. A guy who just has a nose for the football. The way they've been using Shamari Connor has been encouraging and exciting to me to see that again. You seeing a chess piece that uh, Steve Spagnuolo can just basically move all around the field and he can make plays is super exciting. I don't know what what are your feelings about that safety? You bring up Justin Reed, obviously a veteran guy, a guy who you know I would love to see have a signature game, especially on a banner night against the Lions, and kind of watch this defense, you know, maybe flex their muscle a little bit and say like, hey, look, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about Chris Jones, but like. We get a dumb without him. I think that would be a great look for for uh, for the leadership on that team right now, and and for the defense as a whole. Yeah, I I like the safety room. I I think that you know um, Mike Edwards, just kind of a guy in the preseason, had a, a few flashes here and there, some some nice tackles and whatnot. But you mentioned his ball skills, right? Like that that's what this guy is known for. And I think during training camp, at least by my count, he had the most interceptions uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So. Um, I, I, I think that's a guy that I want to see more of. Uh, I, I don't know how frequently we'll see him, you know, in the defense. I think, you know, those three safety packages occasionally he'll probably mix in there or if he needs to spell somebody for a little bit. I think it'll mostly be Brian Cook and uh, Justin Reed. But, I, like, that's a guy that, you know, he, he's got a penchant for making those game-changing type interceptions. He did a lot with the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, that's a guy you add into the mix. Uh, turnovers are going to be key right now, right? Um, in the secondary, like, you you get some of those turnovers, uh, it'll really, you know, help uh, take the, the pressure off the defensive line to look, right, <laughs> to look like, um, you know, like, <laughs> look so different than they have with, uh, with Chris Jones when he's there versus when he's not there. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's really interesting. I was just looking at the line. Uh, right now for the game, uh, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, Chiefs favored by six and a half points right now. That line really hasn't moved a whole lot. So I think Vegas was kind of already expecting Chris Jones not to be there. going to be interesting to see if when injury reports come out, if LeJarius Need doesn't play, where how if that line does move at all or if any, uh, to yeah. which way it moves. But um, a home game again for the Chiefs uh, against a lion, so that's obviously going to add like three, three and a half points already in terms of the favor. So, uh, yeah, I think when when you start talking about that game, that that seven, that that seven, that number seven line right there, that minus seven for the Chiefs is where I start to get a little iffy. I think I'd take them at six and a half right now, just because it feels like they got a chip on their shoulder. They got something to prove at this point. But uh, Charles, can you believe that we have gone seven <laughs> months without an NFL football game? I, you know, every year it seems like it sneaks up on me, right? I'm like, I can't believe the season is already here. Uh, but then it also kind of similarly feels like, oh, we've been waiting for so for so long. Yeah, we're yeah. still, we're still, right, we're in Super Bowl, you know, I know. 50, uh, 57 there. And it's like, it still feels like it was so long. So it really does. And uh, it seems absolutely crazy. Uh, well, it's a good thing that that's over because the NFL is here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. 
DraftKings is hooking everyone up with with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Here's what you got to do. Download that app now and use code KCSN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code KCSN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Budco Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdictions. Void in Ontario. CDKNG.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply. All right, Charles, we have made it this far without talking about the Chiefs' offense, which was seeming like going into the uh, the I would say off season, the, the draft, the free agency period, the training camp, that the offense and the wide receiver position was kind of that dominating storyline uh, for the most part. But we've gone 25 minutes into this podcast, 26 minutes into this podcast, and haven't talked about uh, this wide receiver room. So do you think that that kind of says, that's kind of sets the tone for uh, people feeling a little bit better about the wide receiver room from what they saw in the preseason? I think we've already gone from, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have any weapons to Patrick Mahomes has so many weapons, like, this offense is so, so efficient, his best offense ever. Like, I, I think we've yeah. entered that territory already. Like the hype for, for Rasheed Rice and for Justin Ross is unreal. And these guys are like at the bottom of the depth chart, right? We haven't even really seen, like, we, we haven't really seen what Sky Moore looks like in year two. We haven't really seen the step forward that MVS has taken in year two in the system. You know, uh, we saw Justin Watson score the only touchdown of the preseason for the Chiefs and Chiefs fans hate this guy for some reason. Right. Like, I, I think that um, that fans are going to be pleasantly surprised with how good this wide receiver room is, how efficient they can be. I'm, I'm super excited personally to see Sky Moore. I I was wanting to see more from him all preseason long. And and I think, you know, we're going to get a healthy dose of of him in this uh this upcoming game and then you know no one was expecting Kadarius Tony to even really play in wave one people were really thinking hey he's going to injured reserve and here he is you know fielding punts during practice on Sunday you know running running some routes with his teammates I he looked really nice to me I thought he looked fine some people were saying it kind of looks like he's limping or whatever I think he might be wearing a brace under that sleeve so he might be adjusting to that a little bit yeah, but I mean, he—I thought he looked great. I think that you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a full participant in practice even early in the week. I, I think today will be—we get a, a practice report and estimation. We'll find out, but I, I think he probably is is going to be good to go. It's very exciting. It seems like all the reports are very positive coming out of of the Chiefs camp about uh, Kadarius Tony. And and you're right, Charles. If if you would have asked me. Maybe a few weeks ago, what I thought about Kadarius Tony, I would have definitely thought they were putting him on, on IR just to shelf him and kind of keep him from himself a little bit. Um, because I you know a guy that has some injury troubled history, especially in the lower body. He's had a lot of lower body uh, injuries. Same as the shoulder that he had at, at Florida. It seems like all of his NFL ones have come from the waist down. Um, 
which is uh, interesting. I have for he's quick, he's twitchy. I mean, it kind of kind of makes some sense when you start to look at how he kind of plays and everything like that. But you you mentioned the wide receiver room and all the hype being with with Justin Ross, Rasheed Rice, and those young guys uh, that are kind of in the back end of that uh, of that depth chart. But yeah, Sky Moore is that guy that I feel like that they were hiding a little bit. I feel like they didn't want to put him out there because I feel like Andy Reid and company got something cooking that they're going to be using a lot with Sky Moore. I need to look up his futures line uh, before uh, before long, but I think that like it's an easy over. Uh, our friend Benny Heisler at, at Casey Sports Network, who runs our bet- betting channel over here. If you're into sports betting, if you're into uh, everything that DraftKings has to offer, go over to that channel. Benny in the Bets is his show. He talks a lot of a lot of NFL betting, a lot of everything. But he he looked at it uh, from the point of uh, of Bet Skymore's over total yardage. I think it's like 450 or something like that. It's wildly low. But the Chiefs last year led the league in yards from the slot. It seems like Skymore is going to be running a lot in the slot this year. So I think that that's going to be a very interesting um, role for Skymore to be put into. And and in this Chiefs offense, it's going to be exciting to see the different personnel that they have. Again, only three tight ends on this roster. I don't. I don't, Charles, were you surprised that they only had three tight ends on this roster? If were you surprised that Matt Bushman didn't make it? You know, I, I was a little surprised, uh, specifically because Bushman was like the the team's best pass blocking tight end um, in terms of PFF grade and best uh, second best run blocking tight end. So I thought that that would do enough to to kind of earn him a spot. But the fact that they were able to get him on the practice squad that kind of tells you, you know, they made the right call, right? Yes. Um, and, and, you know, Blake, obviously, uh, he offers kind of a similar type of skill set there um, and, and you know, can contribute a little in the in the passing game. Obviously, he's got the Blake Bell sneak packages and what, and what have you, the Wildcat stuff that he does. Um, you know, I'll mention another guy for, for the slot, right? Richie yeah. Games, right? Yeah. Like, he's a guy that we didn't see working a whole lot on the first-team offense. I think he had, like, maybe a dozen snaps with the first-team offense. Mostly was popping up on special teams as a starting kick returner and punt returner. But I think he's going to get some snaps uh, on offense as well. And some, some of those snaps that maybe we're seeing from uh, a Michael Hardman type, um, you know, some of those design touches uh, and, and things of that nature. And I think, yeah, he can really excel in this offense. I think he's a guy that... You know, after a couple of weeks, Chiefs fans are really going to warm up to the fact that that he made the team and is on the team. Absolutely, I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting packages that the Chiefs roll out there. Week one, you always see the Chiefs come out with some wrinkle. I'm sure those first 15 plays are going to be explosive, dynamic, everything that you expect from a first 15 from from uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but Charles, before I let you go, I want to ask: Is there any anything that you want to see, or anybody that you you're really excited to see? Sans everyone we've already talked about, more specifically, maybe on the offensive side of the ball, anyone that you're most excited to see coming up on Thursday? Uh, the bookend tackles. I think it's going to be a really big test for those guys, for Donovan Smith, uh, Jawan Taylor. I think that they're they're going to have their hands full uh, because some of those edge rushers. Yeah, uh, in Detroit. I mean, some of the young guys, Aiden Hutchinson, former number two overall pick, uh, James Houston was a guy that the Chiefs, they really liked him coming out. They had him in for a top 30 visit and he ends up in Detroit as nine and a half sacks as an undrafted uh, rookie. So I, I think that, you know, um, they're, they're going to have their hands full. They're going to be, uh, you know, really uh, 
tested early on. Like it's thrown to the fire right out the gate, right? But I think from what we saw during the preseason that they're going to be really ready for that. Specifically, uh, Donovan. I mean, man, he was uh, he was he was throwing guys around. He was having a lot of fun out there. Um, he he looked, uh, you know, to be in for a career type of year. And I think Juwan uh, might, you know, he 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 still struggles a little bit with some of the power stuff. Um, you know, he was getting pushed back a couple couple times there, and you know, in the run game, he had some some lapses. But I I think that you know he's going to be a, a serviceable uh, guy on the right side, and pass protection has always been his uh, his his staple and where he's excelled. And in an offense like Kansas City's, that's where you that's where you need to excel if you're uh, if you're a tackle. So I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a lot of time to be uh, thrown to these wide receivers, tight ends. Running backs, see some uh, some passes to uh, some mm-hmm. running backs out there as well. So uh, I think it'll be exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm curious. Did you see? You haven't seen the the West Virginia Penn State game this weekend? I did. Right? And I saw you saw that they uh, they did the uh, the uh, snow globe Arctic Circle whatever. They yeah. they had that play, and then they had the the shovel pass to the to the H back off of it. Yeah, and it was really successful. That you know got them, you know, a, a two point conversion, right? The Chiefs haven't run. That's their play, right? Like, yeah, the shovel passes their play, but so is the Arctic Circle. They haven't run a successful Arctic Circle yet. They, they, they did it in Week 18 against the Raiders, and that one had a, a penalty. Yeah, so it got called back. It would have been a success if they didn't have that penalty there. But it was a, like a lineman downfield penalty, and then. The, they ran it again in the Super Bowl in the red zone, and Patrick Mahomes just threw the ball uh, out, out of the end zone because the coverage was so good. But I'm feeling like, hey, this is this might be the play that they can have the successful uh, snow globe of Arctic Circle, right? Like, I think yeah. they might have to be like, hey, West Virginia, you guys did us a solid. We're taking this. We're throwing it in. It might be a late install into practice week this week. So uh, watch out, Detroit. I'm sure there's going to be a wrinkle or a trick play, a red zone play that they're going to be doing that we're all going to be on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it this week. Uh, just kind of going off about clipping and, and, and tweeting about it. I'm sure it's going to set the, set the NFL uh, NFL world ablaze. Yeah, that's when you'll know football's really back when Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes everybody do a, some crazy trick play that they saw in probably like the 1923 Rose Bowl game or something <laughs> like that. Uh, because that's, that's when you know uh, that football is officially back. But Charles, appreciate you joining me talking uh, some Chiefs, Lions, some guys who are there, some guys who are in the building, and some guys who will be taking the field on a Thursday. Super excited. You mentioned the tackles. I, they're going to have a good test. This is a good first test, I think, for them with the Detroit Lions. Not a team that I think is, you know, top tier in terms of defensive line, but a very respectable defensive line. I think that uh, the Chiefs shouldn't really have a whole lot of problems on the offensive side of the ball when it turns to uh, moving the football, I think they should be fine on that regard. I think the biggest concern is going to be the Chiefs defense versus that Lions offense and how they can kind of stifle them and keep them in check. But before I let you go, Charles, I'm going to need a prediction. I know it's a little early in the week, but I still want you, with every, all the information that we know now at the time of recording this podcast, how do you think this game will go for them? Uh, I'll say uh, 42-35 Chiefs. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think that yeah. you know both the, early on in the NFL season, defense is kind of a adjustment, anyways. So even without Chris Jones there, I think you know this would be uh, even if he were there, I think it'd be a high scoring game. 
And, and yeah, I think Vegas is spot on with this line. I, I think I, you know, you mentioned earlier how, uh, how it, how, uh, the, the, you know, point spread there didn't change much at all, you know, really from the opening point when, you know, lions were week one, I think it was still like six, six, five or, or seven at, at DraftKings, And, and now it's still basically the same. And, you know, I, I, I'm curious, you know, seeing that Chris Jones didn't practice that Sunday, right? Like he didn't practice that Sunday. There was no movement. So you mentioned, is this, you know, Vegas planning for that? They kind of assumed that was going to happen or are they telling us that Jones isn't that much of a needle mover when it comes to med? I don't know. I thought that was just an interesting question. That is interesting. I didn't think, I didn't think of it like that, but yeah, you're, you're right with the, when, in terms of the line movement, even when it opened back in whenever they announced it, March. It was when they did the uh, the schedule announcement. Back when they announced it, it was always like six and a half, seven. So it, it hasn't really gone there. Um, I'm very excited for this game, as you could tell. Uh, I mean, the, the, the could not be more excitement in Kansas City as we uh, will get you ready for everything that you need to know for the Chiefs versus Lions season opener on Thursday. Short week for us, so we're going to have a lot of content for you coming out just before that Kansas City Chiefs game. Obviously, the Kansas City Laboratory. We'll be going live tonight at 8 p.m. That's all Monday night at 8 p.m. You can find that wherever you listen to your podcast on Tuesday morning. Only Weird Games, the guys formerly known as Times Ours, will be going live at 4.30 on Tuesday. Then you can catch that following there uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. So we will have all kinds of content for you guys uh, leading into the Chiefs season opener game against the Lions. So for Charles Goldman, I'm Tucker Franklin. I will talk to you guys later in the week after a Chiefs victory. I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com